Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We are looking at the Bible. We're reading it together out loud, book by book, chapter by chapter. And this Holy Week, doing something really special here, looking at these Psalms, especially these Psalms that have these connections to Holy Week in different ways. Um, yesterday, looking at Psalm 116 from Monday Thursday, and today looking at Psalm 22, um, which is just, oh man. Uh, so, I, I mean, of course, I said all of, the, pretty much all the same thing. There's so many connections. There's so many things going on here. Um, you know, I said all of that yesterday for Psalm 116, but I mean, this is just, it's even more vivid if, if that somehow is possible, right? Because, it, you know, how does it even start? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, I mean, just so much of this, um, the images that we have of the passion of our Lord Jesus. This is a psalm that is traditionally just read in its entirety um, on good for stripping the altar, right? And, uh, you know, even though, you know, that's a difficult thing these days, and, you know, like, will will everybody be able to even, like, be near an altar, right? So breaking it, breaking it some of the details to appreciate all the things um, just a, a great thing to be looking at today. And we're joined by Pastor Jaime Nava, pastor at Concordia Lutheran Church in Maplewood, Missouri. Uh, good morning, brother. It's so good to have you with us. Um, just, it's so good to be looking at these, these psalms. And and just, um, I mean, what what a, what a powerful psalm that just has such a such a prominent place in our tradition and our worship, right? It, this is, uh, there's, there's so much about it. It's absolutely beautiful, heart wrenching. It's you know, so we laugh, we cry. It's kind of all those things in between. And of course, you know, connected to Christ on the cross. It's it's very powerful, very beautiful. I love it. Yeah, no, it, it really it really is, and it's um, yeah. I mean, it just it just wouldn't feel like uh, it, it's one of those things where it is it is hard as you were saying to get through. I think um, it and it's and it's hard to read aloud. I mean, I I just I just remember like the years that you know um. The, you know, the, I'm the one who's reading it up there in the chancel. And it's like when, when you're giving this like a, you know, like, like, like the, the when you're giving it its due, right, and reading it like as it really ought, it, ought and it, as it deserves to be read, especially in the context of Good Friday, it's like hard to <laughs> actually bring yourself to like to bring it to like to the end. Right. I mean, like, I mean, at least for me, like I have a hard time actually just reading it through for everybody. Um, but it wouldn't really feel like Good Friday without it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have um, it. Yeah. But like, I, th I think the thing, and maybe this will be really helpful, and I'm hoping this is what we uh, you can help us with today, is, you know, you, you read this, and uh, it, it sometimes feels like, it sometimes feels like this is like, what was written by the Lord Jesus himself, like, while he was on the cross <laughs> or something, right? I mean, like, and, that's, right. and it's just, we, we have it so strongly associated with that, that we 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 struggle to even like see how this could have referred to like anything else in the history of Israel. But I mean, like we have it right there in the superscription. It's a Psalm of David. So uh, maybe helping us to see like you know where where does this imagery come from? You know, when we start talking about things like you know Bashan, right? Like you know, trying to make the connections to the Old Testament situation. Um, you know, maybe that helps us actually get a little bit more perspective on this and putting putting the picture all together. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's turn to the text. Um, it is um, a little bit longer, and there's a lot of stuff in it. So, uh, yeah. Lord have mercy. As we turn to the text, would you say a prayer for us um, and for everybody listening, and of course, just you know, just um, everybody um, as we all weather weather this storm together. Sure. Uh, let's pray. Lord of heaven and earth, there are times where it would seem that we are forsaken. And the world would even mock us in our state of uh, what seems like we're so alone in all of this. We ask that you would continue to reveal your goodness and your mercy through your word that brings us Jesus Christ who gives us life. And as even the psalm starts uh, to the tune of the doe of the dawn, let us look to the dawn, especially the dawn of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that reminds us that even death, cannot keep us away from you. So let this this psalm remind us of all those things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So I, I appreciate, um, you know, that, that you were drawing our attention to that, even in the, in the prayer here, it, um, it really, it is interesting because, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I feel like I almost like just it is like this. I, I keep getting surprised that this Psalm does take a turn at some point, right? <laughs> like that yeah. you, you, yeah. you do have through verse 21, right? But that like, verse verse 22 actually happens right like in that you do get um you know praise and like all i mean all this i mean yeah i mean it's the the, the praise language the greatness of, of the lord and remembering um salvation right you know that he has done it um and there is this dawn that seems to happen actually in the midst of this psalm it, it's it's not just you know why have you forsaken me like it's going places this psalm right there's there's a lot of hope, uh, and I think well I don't want to get into Jesus quoting it quite yet, but I guess we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. we will we there's will. Hope. <laughs> hope. That's right, that's right. Um, even even in this dark place, um, you know, it's, it is just such a beautiful psalm. It is it is long, and uh, we're gonna want to you know try try to keep a good pace. But I do want to just actually read the whole thing in its entirety. <laughs> Um, just because it just it just feels wrong to like not let the thing just speak itself all the way through at least once, right? Um, and then we can kind of like, look at some of these, yeah, look at these, some of these pieces here. Um, so so here's Psalm 22 in the English Standard Version here, starting with the superscription since that's the Hebrew verse one. To the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn, a Psalm of David. My God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you don't answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of patience surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord. And he 
rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Uh, I'm good with that. <laughs> just, we'll just, we'll just call it a day right there. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just, there's, it just there's just yeah. nothing like this psalm. It's just, it's, it is a hundred percent singular, um, just, just stands, stands out so much, but just, uh, well, we're, and it's going to feel terrible to try to cover this in, uh, you know, like our remaining, like, you know, like 30 to 40 minutes here, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try to get some highlights at least. Right. So 60 seconds per verse, we could do that. Yeah, I, I know pretty much. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so going, going to the, going to the beginning here again, you mentioned the superscription, right? Um, do the Don. I mean, that, that, that is really striking that, you know, this, this Don image, right. And, you know, you think of, uh, yeah. you know, I know, I know it's from, from a Batman movie, but I always think of that one. Like it's always darkest before the Don, right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Or something. Right. Um, but like, you know, just the idea, like, you know, this darkness, but it's, it's not, it's not going to stay dark. You know, something is coming. Um, and it's a Psalm of David. So, very striking to, to see this as this is a situation of David, first of all, that he went through um, yeah. when he was in really bad straits, but still would not abandon his hope in God. The door, so I mean, the door of the dawn doesn't seem to me like it's going to be a dirge of some kind, you know, like the, the tune that's, that's being played along with this psalm. It's got to be one that is hopeful. It's, it's got to yeah. have some, a sense of you know there's there's something good coming. However, yeah. they played that you know back then, but right, yeah. right, yeah, no. So so it, I mean, it really is is not just like a which is which is really striking too. I think because when the Lord then says, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right, it, um. It's not like Jesus is finally giving in to what his accusers and his persecutors are saying, right? Because they're saying like your God's abandoned you, right? Like if you're if you're so precious, like why isn't God doing something? It's not like he's finally giving in to that and he's despairing because to even cite this psalm, right? As you were saying, is to cite a hopeful psalm, right? I mean to to even speak those words, even though these are the darkest words perhaps of the whole thing. Right. It's to say, like, well, I mean, it seems like he's forsaken me, but I know that he actually hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the tip of the iceberg of, of hope, I guess, if you want to put it that way, since he's bringing in the whole context of the soul when he quotes it from the cross. And this song right. doesn't end with just that verse. You know, why are you so far? It, it ends right. with his proclamation to the people. There's a confession yeah. that comes out of this this struggle, or if you want to get you know fancy Luther's fancy term tentatio, you know, mm-hmm. there's something that mm-hmm. comes out of this, and, right. and that's what Jesus is, is bringing into even in the moment of the cross. Like it, it's there's a lot to unpack. I, I like the way you put that. This is like the the tip of the iceberg of hope, and like I I feel like this is this is really an important insight for us as Christians that that even when even when it feels like there is no hope in us, right? Like, you know, we, we, we think to ourselves, you know what, I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to have hope, right? But but today hope's just not happening. Like I just like I can't do it. Like like I just um like I like I know that rationally like I, I have hope. I know that rationally like that yes, God is 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 there and His promises are for me, but like it just I just can't feel that today because I'm yeah. so broken, right? And, and we have those experiences, and, and they can tempt us, you know. Speaking of you know tentatio, right? Um, to yeah. to doubt ourselves, to doubt our own faith. But the thing that I just that that's so key here, right? Is it's like 
all of this, the pain, the feeling like God's abandoned you, the feeling that God's far away, right? And that he's nowhere near, right? All of that is happening inside the hope, right? That like, even, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way, right? And you think to yourself, like, I guess I've lost hope. I guess I have just reached despair. Like this is, this is the end of, you know, like of my, of my rope, of my faith, right? But it's like, this is all happening inside of that. And that even when it feels like it's despair and total like hopelessness and you're emotionally, it feels like nothing positive is going on. Like it's actually still a part of the experience of faith. And Jesus is showing that it's okay. If you can like, you know, understand okay rightly there um, to even to feel that and to voice that and to, to, to say, God, like, why, why'd you abandon me? Like it's that, that there's even something about that, that is actually not despairing, but trusting as dark as it seems. Yeah. Yeah, we're working through uh, in our congregation the uh, ten. Or I'm sorry, from the Lord's Prayer in, in yeah. Luther's large catechism, and I just start out talking about prayer, and even the Psalms, they're all confession. All all prayer yeah. is confession because it's recognizing you're not God, uh, yeah. and it's quoting God's word back to Him. Yeah. And yeah, that's, so that's in, right. In this case, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and to, and to your point, right? I mean, it's he, he doesn't just say, you know, God, God. He says, my God, yeah. right? I mean, like, so even in the midst of, like, the despair, right, he's still, as you were saying, like, confessing that this relationship exists. He's still claiming him as his own God. I, I mean, it's, um, I mean, there there is a place for lamentation and, and pain and, and voicing vexation, like you can say that stuff. In fact, you need to say that stuff. You need to say that stuff because you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to say that stuff one way or another. And are you going to say it in the context of faith or are you going to say that in the context of faithlessness? And so yeah. like, this, this is a moment here where, where David has given uh, the faithful uh, an, an amazing gift here because he's given us a way to express vexation and pain and the feelings of abandonment in the context of faith still and that we can confess faith even when it fe- we, we can't even feel the faith there but we're going to go ahead and claim it anyway yeah and you said this is what we should do you know luther says there's a wrong way to use god's name and here it's it's right here right i mean god's name is being called upon and there's a wrong way to use it but there's a right way to use it too and here's yeah. the right way to use it. One of the right ways. Right, right. Uh, to, you know, uh, pray, praise, and, and give thanks. And, and then the, what's yeah. the first thing, of course, right? Call upon it in every trouble. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's really that's really striking that that's actually the first part um, of what Luther says and, and the meaning that he gives it there. Um, good use of, of God's name, they're calling out in every trouble. And of course it's uh, one that you, you see so often in the Psalms. Um, so let's just, let's kind of just kind of put together a little bit more here. So, okay. So you've got this, um, it is interesting in verse two, I cry by day, but you do not answer and by night, but I find no rest. This is, this is maybe yeah. one of the first suggestions, right? That, that maybe the Lord Jesus didn't compose this himself while he was on the cross, right? Like, you you have this expression in, in verse two that seems like this is actually an ongoing thing. Like it isn't even like a, you know, this is what's going on right now in this like very moment in this hour. But this is like, yeah. um, you know, just even the expression by day and by night. It's kind of like day after day and night after night. Um, you know, and, yeah. and the the word there in Hebrew, right? Like I call, um, is that is that kind of habitual form? Like this, I've been like, you know, who knows how long this has been going on. So this is interesting because it seems to speak to a drawn out experience in the life of David that could have been going on for for days, weeks, months. Oh, and boy, can we relate to uh, that kind of drawn out uncertainty. <laughs> but that's that, that's what's right. going on. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by we would almost say 24 seven. 
I, you know, yeah. I, I, when I'm awake and I can think about it, I cry out, I hear nothing. When I try to get some rest, like, like we, we lay in bed and our brains and our thoughts cannot stop running through these things in our head. It doesn't even let us rest. Right. Uh, so there's just exhaustion and abandonment, that, that sense of just being alone. Right. Well, and, and it's it just, again, it speaks to the, that right use and calling on God's name. It's just like, again, it's like, you know, situations like this, it's like, it's going to be on your mind. It's going to be on your mind all day. And even when you're like trying to get some sleep, you're going to struggle to get out of your mind. And so it's like, you know, you got really two options, right? Uh, because, you know, the, the third option uh, that, that we can work sometimes a little bit is to distract ourselves, right? Um, engage in escapism, um, try, try to just knock it out of our minds. And people sometimes, you know, we, we use a lot of very self-destructive means to do that, to distract ourselves, yeah. right? Um, but, I mean, really at the end of the day, um, it's one of two options. It's like, well, you're going to think about this, right? And, and, and worry and panic, right? Or you can pray about it, right? And the thing is, it's like you're, you're going to be thinking about it anyway, so it's just like, will you be thinking about it as you call on God's name, right? Or or will we be, you know, just thinking about it and neglecting to call on God's name and to use it in this right way, right? I mean, it's like when, when you're going through something that you can't get off of your head, right? That that's not a sign like, oh well, I'm a I'm a bad Christian and like I, I should I shouldn't have any worries, right? I, I shouldn't have any fears. I shouldn't I shouldn't be afraid of death. Like that, that's not at all the point. The, the point is, hey, you're going through all this stuff. You should be, and you're, you're thinking about it all the time. Well, pray about it all the time. I mean, that's that's why yeah. God lets us go through these temptations and these trials, right? Is that, like, we would learn to do this constantly. And it produces all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, and just, and that's what you have, like, in verses 3, 4, and 5, right? Like, what's it produce? It produces this... It produces, well, one thing is perspective, right? Um, yet you are yeah, wholly yeah. enthroned on the praises of Israel, right? Like zooming out, right? Like by, because he calls out by, by day by day, and yet God does not answer day by day, right? Or give him rest night by night, right? Like even in the midst of this like wrestling with God day and night, um, the perspective, he, he gains this perspective and it's like, you know what? Zooming out, this is bigger than me. He is holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. He, he saved my ancestors. You know, they called, he answered. He has been faithful time and time again, even though my big picture day after day, right, um, feels like a bunch of uh, emptiness and silence. Look, zoom yeah. out more, and it's God does not fail. So as, as big and as drawn out and as unending as this misery seems to me, like this is but like a fleeting moment in the history of God's unending faithfulness. Yeah, and we we get stuck in these situations, and we're so it becomes so big that we can't see anything else. And yet he's, like you said, it's that sense of perspective, like, okay, how do, how has God operated in the past? How has he worked with other people before me? What's the pattern that God has set for people, for his people in particular? Right. It brought them to safety. Uh, they cried and they were rescued. Right. And so, so like, yeah. we're, we're like, you know, just yesterday, for instance, for Monday, Thursday, right. We're calling the Passover, right. We're calling the return from exile, right. Like just, yeah. there's just all these moments again and again and again throughout the scriptures. Right. You know, you think of, um, you know, like sometimes uh, we do some of those readings for Holy Saturday, right. For like, uh, you know, Daniel um, in the lion's den or his three friends in the fiery furnace. Right. You just like, just again and again and again, you see just God, coming through throughout the history of his people. And, and, and David, you know, he has this perspective as he goes through this, this struggle, um, just, you know, for like, like we said, is it days, weeks, months, you know, maybe, maybe so. Um, and, but this is the, the next thing, this next section here, that gives us a little bit more insight into whatever he might be 
going through when he says, but I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. I mean, so th this is interesting because like what, what situation was David going through, right? I mean, David, I mean, he was so popular, right? I mean, he was, you know, even when he was, uh, wasn't was king and he was just a general in Saul's army, like, you know, right? They were singing the praises like, oh, Saul has killed thousands, but David, ten thousands, right? I mean, he was, he was, it was an insanely popular um, general and then king. So you're thinking to yourself, well, in what moment is everybody mocking him, right? And like scorning yeah. him, right? I, I mean, so I mean, we have to let that question hang for a second because we got to go into our break. But um, yeah, everyone just think about that for a second. Uh, and, we'll, and when we get back, we'll get uh, Pastor Nava's answer. But uh, we're looking here at Psalm 22 for Good Friday here on Thy Strong Word. Be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Psalm 22 for Good Friday. Just like we were saying before, just you can't do Good Friday without looking at this psalm. Um, it's it's uh, just, in so many ways, it's just so perfect, you know, I, I mean, in, in a bittersweet way um, for this moment of the, the passion and crucifixion of our Lord. But as we're seeing here, um, there, there's some details where we really find ourselves really relating to David in the sense of like just suffering through this long and drawn out day after day, night after night kind of experience here. Um, and, and how does God speak to us and work through the, the evil and the suffering in the midst of all this stuff? Um, we're joined today by Pastor Jaime Nava, pastor at Concordia Lutheran Church in Maplewood, Missouri. Uh, you know, they're, they're in St. Louis there. Um, you know, yeah, we, we're just looking at this, this section here in verses six to eight. Um, I, w when was David like looked at as a worm and despised and mocked? Like what situation in David's life is this speaking to? Well, we have, you know, a couple of, of moments where one, he's, he's running away from Saul. Hmm. And you might think, just kill Saul and get it over with. Yeah. Uh, you know, th take the leadership like you're supposed to, because Saul's messed up. He's cursed. He's already lost the favor of God. So just end it. Let's get up there and take over and, and, and lead these people like, like they're supposed to be led. The other is when he's fleeing from his own son. Right. Uh, running around in circles, you know, trying to avoid killing his own son. And you think, just kill the guy and get it over with. Even his own right. people with him must have been saying, hey, you know, why are we running here? Uh, right. So. Well, well yeah. Cases, and, uh, you know, his own generals may have been mocking him. I don't know. Yeah. Well, right. No. And, and that that's I mean, that's that's a really. Um, intriguing possibility. And and it's interesting, you know, I mean, because you, you look at, there are really a couple different spots where, where maybe this is, uh, you know, a fitting description and a, and a fitting account here. Yeah, we've looked at some of these other Psalms of, I mean, there's, there, because there's a number of these kind of like David on the run Psalms, right? Um, yeah. That we've, we've taken a look at before. Um, if I'm, let's see, yeah, that's right. I recall, yeah, Psalm 31 was one of the ones that we looked at, right? Um, and, and when and it was interesting because when you when you look at that, um, you, you get the sense that you know he's um, he's actually not just on the run, but he's actually in a city that's under siege, 
right? Um, that he is, he's, he's gone and he's hiding out and his enemies are out looking for him um, to the point where now the whole city is under siege, right? Which is very bad. You I mean, think of a long drawn out situations where everyone's wondering if it's going to be okay, if we're going to make it out of this, if we're going to have enough food, right? If we're all going to, you know, if we're going to have enough right? toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it does this sound familiar? Yeah. Hey, looks like we're actually learning everybody a little bit what it feels like to be in a siege. Um, th- that, that's what was going on, right? And in, in Psalm 31, we saw when we looked at, I can't forget when it, exactly it was a few months ago, looked at this, um, you know, it was a lot of the same sorts of descriptions where, um, you know, it, it said there like in, in Psalm 31, um, 11 and, and, uh, and 12 and 13, because of all my adversaries have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances, those who see me in the street flee from me. i become... I've been forgotten like one who's dead. I've become like a broken vessel for I hear the whispering of many terror on every side as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. So, I mean, it it could be right. This is a situation where uh, it's very similar where, where David's like hiding out with people, but because of that, he's basically brought um, like a curse on them all um, as they all are now suffering because he's hiding there, right? And they're, you know, maybe even plotting, like, you know what, maybe we just hand this guy over. Um, so you're, you're, I think you're right. There's a couple different situations where this this could apply, but um, even someone like David, who is so popular and successful, right, and who enjoyed all kinds of wealth and power, uh, yeah, he had these moments along the way where, where he was brought down low and um, not even... His popularity and reputation was immune to those circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So you you have this description, right? Like a, a worm and not a man. And uh, I think it really, of course, this is maybe one of the moments where we're, we're brought back, I think, to the Lord Jesus because the Lord Jesus himself was insanely popular, right? I mean, like, I mean, it was, <laughs> there was a reason why, uh, he was called the son of David. People were calling him that, right? And and while he was able to ride into Jerusalem with this big procession, everyone like throwing down their garments and, and the palm branches, right? Uh, because people were looking at him like another David. Like, hey, look, this is this is a king like him. He had that kind of popularity. And with that popularity came uh, power. But how quickly the, the, the crowd turns, right? How fickle the mob Right. Um, as they as they go from, you know, palm palm fronds to, to crucify him. And, and, and so when you have this. That, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. It, yeah, no, go ahead. it could be that it's because he had the power that things are almost worse. Mm. Um, you know, if, if he was just a stranger who was dying on a cross, that's one thing. But to have that, you know, like David had, you know, he killed these 10,000 and have that that praise and honor and everyone kind of lifts them up. What do they say? You know, the, the bigger they are, the harder they fall yeah. in a way. It's yeah. something along those lines where the people yeah. have this, you, they've built them up in their minds and in their hearts. And, and then when they see that it, it, it doesn't go the way they thought it would, it, it just, everything just deflates almost worse than before. Right. Well, yeah, no, yeah, no, certainly you, you see that. And, so, I mean, like, it's it's interesting then to, to read those words in that light, right? Like, you know, like our Lord Jesus, you know, this isn't like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, wallowing in self-pity here. I'm a worm and not a man. This isn't a, a self-esteem problem, right? This is, this is just talking about how low he has been brought down, how in the eyes of all the people he has been reduced, right, to a subhuman level. I mean, because this is what, what happens, right? Like that, you know, humanity is so cruel because... We, um, in different moments, dehumanize each other and we stop treating each other like we're human beings. We treat each other like we're less than that. And of course, this season that we're all going through has shown us that all over again, right? As you just, you've had people just like, you know, like pushing each other out of the way to get the last, you know, I mean, like what, I mean, frozen pizza or, or roll of toilet paper or whatever the case is. I mean, we've seen a lot of the ugly of people come out, you know, and this is really speaking to that. And just, 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 of course, how terrible is it when you go and you take the son of God, right. And you dehumanize him like, like you were just getting at, right. I mean, it's just, um, 
it's it, you know the, the one who's saving everybody right like like the, the, you know, just imagine like the one person who's saving everyone from this crisis right like the the person who's like you know del- you know developing the vaccine it's like that's the person who we're going to dehumanize and kill first like it's it's a it's it's a really tragic reversal the only real human is mocked by you know the, everyone else he was fully human right and perfect the perfect human well and that and that i think actually complements then actually looking at these verses 9 through 11 um just reviewing these again here yet yeah, you are he who took me from the womb you made me trust you at my mother's breasts on you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. It, you know, those verses, you can see how David could have said that, right? I mean, not in the sense. I mean, just because. I mean, look, look what it says. I mean, it's just like you know, from from the womb, um, you know, while I was nursing, right from my birth. You know, this is just you know, people talk about you know being born and raised Christian, right? Like just you know, like my my mother. You know, when I was like on her lap, right, she was singing, Jesus loves me, tell me Bible stories, right? I mean, like David's saying, like, in a lot of ways, it's like as much as everyone's scorning him and mocking his faith, he doesn't know any other way. I mean, his, his, yeah. this, this is what his mom taught him from the very beginning. Like, like this, this is the God who he trusts in, like, no matter how bad it gets. Like, this, this is like how he was brought up. And so you can see how he says that. But of course, it's very striking then to like kind of take it like really literally um, and apply it to the Lord Jesus. How, I mean, like you, you are he who took me from the womb. I mean, just thinking about our Lord's conception and how, yeah. you know, you have that moment like with John the Baptist where like, you know, they're like, there's this, it's like they recognize each other like in the womb, right? Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's really it's very it's very striking when you think about this in terms of the incarnation. It's it's almost like in some respects, uh, it's it, the way some people might look at it is that that he's set up for failure, right? Because you're taught a certain way to live, you're taught certain things about the world. And yet that is at odds with the way the world operates. And so it's like, this is what I've been taught since I was a kid. This is how it's supposed to be. And people would laugh and mock and say, well, you got told wrong, kid. You know, yeah. The, you know, life is pain. That's all there is to it or whatever. Like, and if you, you know, if you, if you're honest and if you, you know, try to do the right thing. And like in David's case, don't kill King Saul because he's chosen by God. And right. he's not going to kill his son. Like he's trying to do the right thing. Doesn't always work out that way, but you know, he doesn't always try to do the right thing, but in this case is at least, and, and what's, what's his payment for it. He has to flee his home. He has to you know sleep on the rocks and hide in caves and, and uh, get help from unexpected people. And it almost seems like he's set up for failure in a world that is as broken and as fallen as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's, I mean, they're, they're really, they're really, but this, this is a, I mean, the, the way you're setting it up, I mean, I, I think it's like, it's a, it's a poignant and a, a like a, a certain level of tragedy in it um, yeah. picture. But, but I mean, I think it's one that we all relate to because there, I mean, there really is, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I feel like, I mean, I relate to this anyway, that like, yeah, like, you know, you grow up on, you know, like, you know, Jesus loves me in the, in the Bible stories. And like, uh, and I don't know, you're just, you just, uh, you know, thinking about like, you know, what's heaven going to be like? And, and wow, you know, and, um, and, and all the rest. But, but then, you know, like there's, there's a certain point where you're growing up and you're seeing more and more of the pain and more and more of the ugly. Right. And you're, you're just like, whoa, uh, <laughs> Like, like, is this pie in the sky, right? Like, I mean, like, where, where, where is uh, God in, in this, right? Like, we, we all have these moments, I feel like, um, anyway, like from where I'm standing, where, where, where we are challenged, right? And we have to answer the question, like, like has this, um, what I've been brought up in, right? Um, it, it, is it, like, just tragically misguided and, and, and wrongheaded, right? Just, or... or 
you know, am I, am I going to cling to this faith and, and double down on it? Yeah. Yeah. And this is almost that confirmation moment that a lot of people try to, you yeah. know, that you kind of try to have in the church, but it's just going to come through the really tough times. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's, um, but I mean, but, but I mean, this is, uh, yeah, this is, you know, it's an experience. I think that like that we can relate to, um, David, uh, with, uh, certainly. All right, brother. I, I hate to be the one who's just like a taskmaster here, like pushing us on. We do need to look at the second half of, of this amazing Psalm though. So kind of just looking at this, the rest of this section here, verses 12 through 18, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things going on here. You got some fulfillment of prophecy, right? The casting of lots, um, you yeah. know, the, the idea of like, you know, my tongue sticks to my jaws, like, you know, the Lord said, you know, I thirst, right? Um, so there's a lot of things going on there. Um, there's also, though, some comments that, that are kind of, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, what, what strong bulls of Bashan, like what, what is that getting at? So I don't know, take your pick, but kind of just uh, maybe just one thought, maybe uh, just kind of a, maybe a highlight out of here, help us make sense of this a little bit more, and then let's uh, transition to the second half of the psalm here. I guess it's overall, it would be really hard to not see how this doesn't point to Jesus, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just clearly dealing with Jesus. So anybody who reads Psalm 22 and says that has nothing to do with Jesus does not know Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it, it is amazing just how it does seem to just line up in so many ways. And yeah, you've got the historical stuff like, you know, you know, Bashan, we just went through Joshua, right? And we know about Bashan a little bit. We know that, like, that's where the half-tribe of Manasseh um, and, and Gad and Reuben were hanging out because it was amazing um, pasture lands, right? And so, yeah, you would have, like, really um, strong, you know, um, you know, bulls and, and, the, and the rest out there, right? And, and so you have all this, yeah. this animal language, which is fascinating because comparing, of course, all these people to animals is kind of a move of, like, looking at the Gentiles, people who are the enemies of God, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it draws on the Old Testament imagery, but as you were saying, really, it um, it really, it kind of, it goes specifically then to Jesus as like, Jesus is just Israel all by himself. He's like the only Israelite left um, in, in, in a spiritual sense. And, and yeah. yet, and yet, it, as bad as that seems as a situation, right? Again, like, you know, in verse 21, um, you've rescued... Uh, we're gonna get well. We're gonna get to the, the wild oxen again, right? Because there's there's this there's this term, right? So so here we go. Let's let's take a look here. You've got this turn that happens like in um, verse 21. It seems you go from save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen, right? So it's like all of a sudden it's like the the prayer that we've been praying is being answered. And you get verse 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. So, I mean, it just, um, it kind of happens really quickly, but you go from like in the midst of like the depths of despair to like, I mean, I don't know, like ha has he already been saved or is this just like a confidence that he really will be? So he's kind of talking about it. I mean, what, what's your take on, on how this thing transitions and just pivots like this? Yeah, I think I think he's the, he recognizes that the prayer is answered. Um, it's it, it's in a state of not just going to be answered, but uh, there's a sense of uh, you know this is happening. Or you know, he he kind of understands that this uh, that that when when this prayer goes out, God will answer it, and so there's yeah. there's something to be said about you know he trusts in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there is. Yeah. I, I mean, you can kind of see it a little bit like both ways that, you know, perhaps, and I'm reminded of Psalm 31 actually, because I mean, in Psalm 31, there's this moment where, yeah, he is like, you know, his backs up against a wall, right. Or against, you know, like a, a, a fortress of, of refuge. Right. Um, and on the one hand, he actually starts thanking God, like, well, God, you brought me this far and here at least at least i have the city to take refuge in right yeah. like i mean you, you you have saved me that much right and and it seems like it's like there's this sense of 
well, you've, you've got me this far. And so I know you're not going to like let me down now. Like it, it's kind of like at the banks of the Red Sea kind of moment, right? Where, yeah, where yeah. it's like, hey, like did God just like, you know, like work these like plagues and wonders against Egypt just to let us die right here? Like, I don't think so. You know, so there's there's this moment of like, you say, you know what? God's got me this far. Like, yeah. and I, now I have confidence that he's going to see me home and get me the rest of the way. Right. So I mean, like, the I, that's the feeling I get here. Yes, yeah, the story of God's people throughout. I mean, they're at the, they're at the sea. Uh-oh, what's going to happen? They get through. They're walking through the wilderness. Uh-oh, where's our food going to come from? Oh, they get it. You know, they, they're entering the promised land. All oh, these people are too big. We can't go in. And yet they enter. Uh, they're taken into exile. Oh, no, Lord, we're, you know, we're by the rivers of Babylon. We're singing these songs. And, and yet they go home. It's just over and over and over the story of God with his people are these people that don't know what's going to happen. They're kind of blind to history and God's consistent salvation. And, and here for, for David, it's almost as good as done having prayed it. And well, and it's just, well, and, and not, and not even, and not even just for David, because this is really interesting, right? Cause like, in, we've just been talking about how, in both situations, that of our Lord and of David, you have this major loss of popularity and like a betrayal um, on a certain level of the allegiance of the people. And yet, right? I mean, what a move here in verse 22, he addresses the people as my brothers still, right? Like that, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, there, there's our Lord, it seems like on the cross, like praying this Psalm, right? And he's looking at the animals who have surrounded him, you know, like Gentiles, you know, like, like they're not even God's people is the way that they're acting. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I will tell of your name to my brothers. Um, like, be, because the, the, the strange thing is, is as much as, you know, and this is true of us, you know, as much as there has been this alignment against the Messiah, whether that refers to David, um, you know, first of all, as like, you know, God's anointed king, right? Um, or or Jesus as like the anointed king, right? That by God saving the king, that's good news for the whole people of God. Because if you save the <laughs> king, right, then then the whole people, the whole kingdom is saved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so it's, it's a it's a thing of praise, like not like David's just like, hey, guys, like, I want you to be my marching band. But this is like good news for you. And like in verse 24, he's not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about like this is good news, like for the people who are afflicted, right, for for the poor. Right. Because if you have a good king and the good king is saved, well, those are the people then that the king is going to turn around and save. So, I mean, like, it, there really is this, like, you know, resurrection moment, I feel like, where it's like, Paul, like, if, if God resurrects, if God raises the, the head, then he's raising the body too, right? And yeah. this whole idea that we kind of, we're all coming along with him. If he's getting through to the other side of the Red Sea, if he's coming through the other side of the tomb, then that's what we're going to have happen to us as well. If he became the lowest of all humans, despised of, uh, of all of us, then it's almost a trickle up effect. <laughs> yeah. 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 But he, you know, speaking of, of Gentiles, and when you get to verse uh, 27 and 28, yeah. Yeah. Talks about the nations and the goyim, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Gentiles. It could even be translated that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All no, the that idea of the Gentiles. Or in 28, like, rules over all the nations. I mean, just a yeah. theme that we see in the prophets again and again. But, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that, that idea that, of course, you, you see that some um, in whatever happened with, you know, um, I mean, the return from Assyrian um, exile and Babylonian exile, that, like, that more and more, like, the peoples of the earth are like, hang on, what's going on over here? And, like, you know, see what God is doing for these people. And, you know, you have, you have Persians learning about the name of, of, of Yahweh. So, I mean, it happens in a small way then. But, of course, it's just, you know, you just think about, like, just the Easter gospel of just, you know, um, you know when it says there, like, you know, I will tell, um, you know, to my brothers, you tell your name to my brothers. Like, I just think of, like, our Lord when he, like, tells the women, hey, go tell the apostles, right? Go tell my brothers, 
right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm ascending like to to my God and to your God, and then of course he says like go and make disciples of all nations. Like I mean, it, it mirrors this so much. Like that this is like the Easter ascension stuff here, um, and so that you get this this big you know conclusion here. Posterity shall serve him. Um, and, and then like such a cool way of putting it in 31, um, uh, to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Like, so just, I don't know, just, uh, 30 seconds here, just kind of wrap up and conclude this thought of, uh, of triumph here at the end for us. Yeah. I mean, it could, some people say, might say, you know, well, if this guy dies and, and what's going to happen, uh, with Yahweh, it, he makes it clear, look, this doesn't end here with me. This is going to keep going. This isn't just for me. This is going to continue to have a ripple effect throughout all of history with posterity and all those who come after. That's right. So in the, in the midst of you know our, our experiences, which seem like day after day, night after night, suffering and all kinds of bad ripple effects, there is a more powerful one going on through Jesus that undoes death yeah. and sin, this, this ripple effect of the resurrection thank you so much brother um such uh just a, a treasure that we have here in psalm 22 god bless the rest of your holy week um celebration and your easter celebration as well thank you also with you thank you brother everybody that was pastor jaime nava pastor at concordia at lutheran church in maplewood missouri Thanks for joining us today for this amazing Psalm 22 on Good Friday. We're going to have some really good stuff for you next week for Easter. God bless your celebration, brothers and sisters. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.